0: The Outspoken Bible. Conversations about the word. A podcast from Scottish Bible Society. Welcome to episode 22 of season 5 of The Outspoken Bible. I'm Fiona Stewart and Neil Glover and Jen Robertson are here with me. Happy New Year to you both.
1: Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Oh you're both sounding a little bit you know. eh. Well, yeah, right. we
2: are rec- we are recording in Blue Monday,
0: aren't we? Do you know we are? Although that is just a an invention of the advertising it is. world. I read it? I
2: read that today. Also, it's just made <laughs> up by a a company that wanted to sell you holidays. Yeah, I I,
1: exactly. I don't know this. What what is Blue Monday? What? Well, I've heard of it, but is it's it... meant
2: to be. It's meant to be the the, the day when people are. And I think, to be fair, although I think it's made up by a company to say oh, that this is the most depressing th- day of the year, I think there is there quite is a high level of, increased level of suicide and divorce and other things that happen in January that mm-hmm. we should not flippantly dismiss. No, that's so,
0: true. It's the pile yes. on day though, isn't it? Because the, the, the bills come in from Christmas, the weather's pretty dry, you're far from payday. Hmm. It's just, uh, yeah. And maybe you're, you've, you've failed at your New Year's resolutions. It's not a, it's a kind of perfect storm of blue things. But here we are. Uh, People will Mm -hmm. not be listening on Blue Monday, so... Yeah, let's... uh...
1: (laughs) It's no, but there. you
2: did you, you did comment on
0: our, our tone. Yes, so yes you're very right. You're very true. You're very true. Now, the eagle-eared amongst you will have noticed that we're still in season five. And you might be thinking, when on earth is this season going to finish? Uh, previously, we have changed the season with the turn of the year. But given that we're getting towards the end of the Book of Acts, we've just decided to stick with season five up till Easter time. So, of course, if you're listening in the future or you're listening backwards or you've never paid attention to season numbers anyway just ignore all that and a happy new year to you too. (laughs) Now we've had some correspondence over the holidays so first of all friend of the podcast the Reverend Julie Moody has emailed with a very helpful diagram and it comes from Third Church Richmond, Virginia but I think it's taken from the Jesus Storybook Bible so it's taken it's uh, done in the same sort of style as the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, Jen you had also found this I think? Prior to I did. I,
2: I found it over Christmas because we'd been talking about it in the last podcast. Obviously, that's why Julie's written. in And I, I just I liked the colours and the the wording and the. It was a helpful visual representation of the
0: year. Yes, of the, year. yeah, the liturgical year, which yeah. obviously we got a bit confused about what we were talking about when we spoke <laughs> about it last time. It's not. It's not dated and particularly specific. But as you say, it's a lovely visual representation. So we will stick a link to the website there uh, in the show notes. And uh, thank you very much, Julie. That was very helpful. She did make a funny comment, actually. She said, uh, <laughs> all her email said was, hardly a high church liturgist, but this is helpful, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Felt very succinct and to the point. So thank you for that. Uh, meanwhile, I have, let me just do a bit of rustling of paper.
1: Oh, because, I like what you're doing there. Yeah,
0: that's going to be a segue to something else. Because I do also have an email, um, because... Frankly, an outspoken ambassador and former prize winner, Andrew Robertson, has been evangelizing. <laughs> He's good. been evangelizing about the podcast. We've received this email from the Reverend Scott McKinnis of Stirling, and he writes, Dear Fiona, Jen and Neil, I am now a new listener to the Outspoken Bible, and I'm loving it. Quite how I've not stumbled across this show before now is beyond me, but there you go. My interest in the show was peaked in November when Andrew Robertson mentioned that he had won a lift from Elaine Duncan on his mum's podcast. I decided it was worth a listen on that basis alone. Having enjoyed the first couple of episodes I'd listened to, I decided to go back and start from the beginning of Acts. I have enjoyed all of your contributions as you've led us through the book and particularly enjoyed the episode about Stephen. Actually, Scott, I don't think you're alone in that. I think we've had correspondence previously about that that episode. Um, He says the idea of Christians bringing a sense of peace, which they themselves may be unaware of, to particular situations is one that has come up. A few times for me recently. I think the show is a great example of how to talk about the Bible with friends or in small groups and I've recommended it to my congregation and to anyone else who'll listen to me. Like Tim Sinclair, I think it would be great to do, drumroll please, the Outspoken Bible live. Not just because it would be fun but because I'm sure it would encourage and equip those who come along and the rest of us listeners. Also, I mean there's a big hint coming here, also Sterling would be a great venue. And perhaps Elaine Duncan could give you all a lift. (laughs) And then he says, I mean, he's clearly listening carefully. He then says, could Gordon Roy provide some sort of sword swallowing, fire-breathing warm-up act? (laughs) Scott, I like this. I like the cut of your jib. Right, so keep up the good work, he says. Please be encouraged in what you're doing. And then P.S., he adds, he's got a comment on Glover's others. He said, is the connection that all of the characters are involved in stories to do with cutting off or separation?
1: Oh. So...
0: Well, do you want me to read out what he Because he says more about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says Abimelech is involved when Hagar and Ishmael are being sent away.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Baruch's scroll is cut, cut up, up by the king. Delilah cuts off Samson's hair. Oh, wow. The, yeah, that's good, isn't it? The Gadites are separated from the other tribes by the Jordan. Okay. Uh, in Eli's story, Samuel is separated from his mum. And then Zechariah experiences separation when he is struck dumb and possibly deaf as well. Uh and Herodias, or Herodias, as John the Baptist said, cut off. Oh. That's
1: that's one of these ones where you think, I wish that's what it was. I mean, that's a clever so good.
0: connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, but it's not.
1: No, although I'm, I'm conscious as well, you could you could work that theme into who we'll talk about later on.
0: Mm. Well, we'll come back to that in a week while. Uh, thank you for that, Scott. He also wishes us every blessing. Please do tell people uh, all about us. Feel free to... Share the podcast as Andrew does Now, as I put away Scott's email It is time for one of our favourite segments And it's time to kind of get in on Scott's question about the the link Uh, It's time for Glover's Others Who on earth are they? Where do they fit in? And what's their story? Glover's Others B-list characters you really don't want to miss.
1: This week it is Thaddeus and there's maybe a couple of things that could be said about Thaddeus. One is that he's one of the apostles that we don't know an awful lot about and you know did he fulfill his promise or is it just because you've got 12 apostles so you can't tell the stories about all of them? What did Jesus hope for for Thaddeus? But the other thing that I want to talk about is that people are not totally sure who he is. So there are lists of apostles in, in all the gospels, but in um, Matthew and Mark, there is a Thaddeus and in Luke, there is a Judas who is not the Iscariot. And there's also a, a, a Judas who's not Iscariot in John's gospel. And in order to get the, the list of the 12 to match up, people have suggested that the Thaddeus is also Judas. So then's the question: Well, why why does he have two names? Is it because one's a first name and one's a second name? It could be. We don't know. But I thought a really interesting suggestion was that Thaddaeus had originally been called Judas, but in order to stop himself being confused with um, Judas Iscariot, had deliberately changed his name to Thaddaeus, which I thought was a really interesting idea and this would appear to be quite a biblical thing to do. People for entirely personal or reasons eh, change their name. So Saul becomes Paul and Simon becomes Peter. Eh, People change their names and it seems to be an allowable thing to do because you're allowed to say a big change has happened in my life or a big association has happened in my life which I don't have control over and in order to respond to that I'd like to change my name. And the chances are that might be what the dais did.
0: Maybe he was a member of equity. Oh, yes. I mean, it is the equivalent of that, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. If there's somebody the same name, you can't have that name, so you have to change your name. i went at drama school with a number of people who are now not known by their original names.
1: And do they, do they respond to that name?
0: I mean, that would suggest I'm regularly in touch with them, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you must get quite used to it, though, because you'll yeah. be called by your new name professionally.
1: I mean, everybody calls Bono Bono. Yes. That, that's not his name. Yes. Or age.
0: Yes, yeah, not, also not his name. Sting. I know. Interesting, isn't it? It was making me think about also, obviously, within the Catholic tradition, people would have a saint's name, wouldn't they? That they'd be given on confirmation. Ah, is that right? Or they would take, I think. Yeah, I think That's yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So I sort of like the
1: idea of changing your name, changing your identity.
0: Hmm. Any thoughts, Jennifer?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I was actually thinking of this the other day a wee bit. I wanted to, I've often thought, I spell my name J-E-N because I I just feel like, I feel like Jen. I don't really feel like Jennifer. And I thought, I wondered the other day if I should cha- start spelling it J-E-N-N because that's how many N's I've got. And why not use them both? Oh, yeah. Oh, so it wasn't see. changing my name, but it was changing how I write it. Yes. And then I tried it out and I thought, well, that's a bit weird. Like it made me feel like a different person. So I just left it.
0: Uh-huh. Well, I mean, we could spiral down a long conversation <laughs> here because it, it's like, so if somebody's called Jill, if they're Jill with a G or Jill with a J or Jai, yeah. as you would say it, um, to my mind, these, these feel like very different names, even though mm. they're homophones. homophones? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I
2: like to know how somebody spells
0: their name. I think it's mm-hmm. really
1: important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jill's and Jill's with J's and G's and
0: um brilliant well that's that's fantastic though thank you very much now neil we're still looking for a link with Mm uh those characters
1: Yep, from abimelech onwards so it's not it's not severance or cutting you see the would have worked because he cut off his own identity maybe Mm -hmm.
0: it's true it's true so something else so let us know if you think you have the answer to that Uh, contact details as ever are outspoken at scottishbiblesociety.org and uh why not take a leaf out of Andrew Robertson's book and like, share, review, tell your friends, tell your church um, and uh, let's uh, get the audience built up for Outspoken Live for when that happens. I'm saying it again with confidence, ladies and gentlemen, in the hope that it will happen. Uh, <clears throat> now, so these are the contact details. And now we ended the year with a riot in Ephesus and the city in uproar. We encountered Demetrius, the silversmith, Alexander, the metal worker, and of course, that city clerk who closed out the citywide assembly with a dismissal. And um, today we pick up the story at the beginning of Acts chapter 20, and we're going to read the whole chapter. So if you haven't read that for a while, then now is the time to pause and listen to uh, or, or read uh, Acts chapter twenty. So Paul is from this point on. He's he's moving, isn't he? He's kind of on the move. He, he's, is am I my right in saying that Ephesus is the place he stays longest?
1: We think that's the case, doesn't isn't it? And then uh, Corinth is second.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I th- I he was to be somewhere for three years. though, was he not?
1: Yes, he says that here. I was with you for, and that listening. was Ephesus. Yeah.
0: Right. So, yeah. yeah, He speaks to the Ephesian elders. Yeah, but from now on, he's very much um, determined to pursue this course of uh, a journey towards Jerusalem and then on to Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, what were our thoughts uh, just coming into the into the chapter, having been through that kind of uproar time in chapter nineteen? Jen, any thoughts? Yeah, you
2: I, I was struck that he he took a bit of time to let things settle down he could have left and it could have seemed like he was leaving in the midst oh this is a bit of a disaster there's been an uproar I better get out of here which is quite I'm trying to think of any specific things in my life that have been like that but I think I've maybe felt at that times the things have gone badly wrong and you just think oh I just get out of here I'll go somewhere Uh else I'll do something different and there's just a lot of wisdom and sense and just saying just let it settle, let it calm down, and then decide. Now, you might then decide, as Paul uh-huh. then does, it's time to move on, but you need to give that space. I mean, I, I mean it's, only, it's only one tiny sentence when the uproar had ended, Paul said mm. to the disciples, but um, I it did strike me quite forcibly that there's, it's really important that we do that, mm-hmm. let things settle.
0: Yes, let, and ending well is, is important, isn't it? I mm-hmm. think sometimes when you have a, a call on to something else or... Just a sense, that, like you say, that something maybe hasn't ended the way you, or, or it's not, it's not been concluding the way you would like it to. It, it can yeah. be quite difficult to end well.
2: Yeah, I mean, nothing's ever happened to me the way it's happened to Paul. But
0: I do remember, no. you
2: know, like some, some. I remember early on when I was first involved in youth ministry and ran quite large events with lots of young people and and had very creative ideas that went really badly wrong. I mean, it was like, I remember one Saturday we had this huge event. There was hundreds of primary school children. And one of the things we decided to do was give them um, paper hats in different colours so that we'd know what group they were in. It was all seemed very sensible. Uh, but then we got multiple parachute games. We had about eight parachutes. And, and they did the parachute games and all the hats blew off. And that was just really the start of a very problematic afternoon with lots of problems. And I think I could have gone home that night and just like, oh, I don't think I should do this. But a very wise older youth youth worker said to me, Jen, just go home and have a carry out and have a wee glass of wine and uh, Sorry if that upsets MD, but that's what he said. Um, have have a glass of wine and you'll feel different in the morning. And it's hard to compare that to Paul's situation, but I, th- I think it's the same principle, isn't it? Like, don't just say, "Oh no, it was a disaster." I, yeah. I need to go. And then it.
1: head off. There's yeah. So there's um, I'm I'm going to talk about colonoscopies. If that's okay.
0: <laughs> Carry on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is a uh, segue. So so sorry, content trigger. Um. But sometimes I think it's important that we talk about these things these, yeah. um, because it's part of being human. Mm. Um, so they did an experiment on colonoscopies uh, because I've never had a colonoscopy, but he, by all accounts, a fairly uncomfortable experience. Mm. Although I, I spoke to somebody recently who hadn't thought that. So if anybody's got one of those coming up, a um, friend of mine always says, uh, the leaflet makes it sound worse than it is. That's the thing. Um, but he... Yeah, they did an experiment where for the last, the control group, they did an ordinary colonoscopy, but for the experimental group, they left the probe entirely still for the last 30 seconds and therefore it was causing less irritation. And then they asked people to rate the discomfort of their whole colonoscopy. And the group who had had, quotes, a good ending, Rated the whole experience as having been much better, and the psychologists who analysed this <laughs> said that pointed about the importance of endings in judging the whole of an experience. And I, and huh. just pick it up on on what you're saying. Very um, yeah, interesting. The the end yeah. endings are really important. Jesus Jesus took really good care of endings. I think you know, like he dismisses the crowd, probably in a good way. With a well, of course he did. It was Jesus in the feeding of the five thousand. So um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, endings are important. That's interesting. Yeah. I wondered where you were going with that, yes, but it was very too.
0: helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for the, yes, yes, for the segue, But that, yeah, that was very helpful, actually. And then I was thinking about kind of, cl- you know, the idea of closure, isn't it? When 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 you've had quite a negative experience or something, the importance of, of sort of sealing up the, the experience. I'm, I'm, my head is not doing well with the comparisons for the colonoscopy with all this.
1: Yeah, um, but we could say that. But it's interesting, that, isn't it? Yeah, because in... Um, we're going to meet the ephesian elders later on and had paul not handled the farewell in such a good way um that wouldn't have happened by the way i i think i i don't don't know what you think i think the worst farewells are sometimes where people just disappear Mm. and i know sometimes Mm -hmm. why they do that because they hate Mm -hmm. the farewell experience but i think you owe it to the people you're leaving even if it isn't great for you sometimes to give them that opportunity to say goodbye.
0: Yes. And I think we saw that quite a bit during the pandemic, actually, you know, and I'm not talking about super dramatic things, but people may be retiring or changing jobs. Mm. And and there was, there wasn't really that opportunity just to kind of do the, the, the good ending.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sort of petering out. Yeah. Interesting. So he, he ends well and then he, he moves on and, um, I'm quite interested in the fact that he's travelling with this group of people, so Sopater, Aristarchus, Secundus, Gaius, Timothy, of course we know a lot about Timothy, Tychicus, Trophimus. Um, what do we know about these these guys? They're all from quite different parts of the, the area, aren't they? And Some of them are mentioned in Romans, the letter to the Romans. I hadn't realised that.
2: I should have noted down which ones are mentioned. I think Gaius is mentioned in
1: mm. Romans, yeah, Romans chapter 16. Yeah. yeah. You were you were asking a question earlier, uh, Fiona, uh, about you know how do we come into this chapter? So I was quite looking forward to this chapter because it's it's um, quite emotionally open. It's interesting, the the speech, and also the the Utica story. I do like the Utica story. Um, it, it's I would like to well, we'll see come back to that in a minute. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. But I was looking that. forward yeah, uh-huh. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I actually found myself not enjoying the chapter, and the reason is because it felt like it was showing certain things that are really missing in my own ministry and life and one of them is that Paul is really good at gathering groups around them and being an influence on them whereas I tend to be a bit of a lone operator at at times and um, I I mean I work hard at looking after my committees and groups and teams but it's not it's not something that comes terribly naturally to me and I just looked at um, Paul there and just looked at how good he was at it and I suppose it was a bit of an ouch moment because I kind of thought, hmm. oh, yeah, I'm not very good at that. I need to get better.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is extra work, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Accompanying people or yes. asking people to accompany us, I think my natural default is, well, I just do this. It'll be done properly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not really the best.
0: <laughs> yes. But,
1: but on the outside, it, knowing the two of you, I think you're both really good at it.
0: I quite like doing it, actually. I mean, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think mm. I, I think I'm quite good at it, and I also mm. think I'm, I quite like doing it. I quite like mm. bringing somebody else around things. I've, I have to say, I, I feel quite challenged because I've not don't think I've done it so much in the last few years, mm. because it and it's been circumstantial, hasn't it? Um, I've done a lot of working out of a room in my house and, and not done quite so much of the kind of mentoring and internship stuff. And
2: I'd like I quite to like seeing people nothing. flourish, though, you know. Yeah, I mean, I love I love looking back and thinking. Well, that person was part of this journey, and we did that together, and now they're doing this, and I can see the benefit of it, but I don't think I do it very naturally. I think I have to remind myself. I, I just get into a, a sort of thinking. I need. I'll, I'm going to do this, and I'll get it done, and, and uh-huh. I need to yeah. stop and think. No, if I bring other people in in this, it'll it, it'll be much better for lots and lots of different reasons. So yes. I have to remind myself. So maybe it's a bit like you, Neil, that I read this and I think, eh. you know, <laughs> I could do it so much better.
0: Yes. It's a kind of productivity versus people thing, yeah, isn't yeah. It? which I mean, I I put my hand up to say that productivity is a big problem.
1: Yeah, I wondered about the word mentoring, in which we say that you, everybody says something like everybody should have a Barnabas who encourages them and a Timothy that they they mentor. But I sometimes wonder, does the word mentor kind of make it make it go a wee bit kind of overly formal? I don't know. Yeah, I
2: think Maybe. there's a whole conversation around what that what mentoring is, and it yeah. can be very formal, but. I I don't that's maybe not the norm I don't know my in my experience I think that my norm would be more just being friends with people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and working with them and and sharing wisdom with them and and me learning things from them it's just spending time with people I mean I I don't know how far you go with this I mean I've got the great privilege of running park runs with friends who are all different ages and on Saturday I was just me and a friend's son who's nearly eleven, which means he can run part run on his own very, very soon. But he had to run with me on Saturday, which is a huge shout out to him because it meant he went a lot slower than he normally would have done. But we had this great conversation about so many things in his life in my life. We just chatted as we ran around, and is that not at the heart of it? And it, it, You can imagine Paul, do you know, what chats did he have with Sopater on the boat, and yeah. did he they, did they go for a walk with Aristarchus and talked about something? And, it's, just, it's making that space in your life to do things with people and in, invite people to be part of what you're doing and hopefully they'll invite me as well. It's, just, it's not just thinking, "I'll oh, just go and get this done. Like, yes. how could I do this with someone?
0: Yes, I, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, because we're making the assumption, I think we're rightly making the assumption that Paul is the kind of the leader in this, but there may well have been a, a more of a sense, I suppose, of the community. A different team. people have different yeah. giftings within that. So Timothy clearly has different giftings to Paul, but mm. it doesn't make him... Less than Paul in the group, no. So, so I no. think sometimes I think what I'm saying about that is by putting terms like coach or mentor mm. or intern or you know, but yeah. we're kind of bringing the language of business into something yeah, that is yeah. is not that.
1: It's much Cause, more because actually,
0: don't we co-disciple one another? Uh-huh. So, yeah. so we tend to in this kind of discussion default to thinking about us being the leader, but but is there also a you know people of my peer group? Like I would say that you two disciple me. But it's not a formal thing. It's just that together, as we talk about things, I f- I-, I feel I learn yeah, more about my own Christian walk. Yeah, and that's that's what the church should be, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. And I, and,
0: I, and I and I'm so
2: strongly believe that should be all ages. That mm-hmm. someone who's much much younger than me can teach me so much about what what God is like, and you know, vice versa. It's not. It's not about I, I'm in this position, so I'm teaching you, as you say.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We need each other.
1: Is it the thing that? A, they they decide to do something together, and then the community forms around the the task. So uh, I'm thinking uh, George MacLeod used to say, every community needs a demanding common task. Yeah. So their task is we're going to go on a journey together. Paul doesn't say, right? I need to mentor these guys, or maybe he does, but it, it seems like there's a task or there's the thing. Yeah. So I think of um, you know, I, I when I was part of a singing group, which mentored a lot of people. The the task was that we sung together. Yes. And then out of that, or um, Martin Luther, the German reformer, he was famous um, because he ate with his his, um, yeah. his students. So there's some kind of activity which holds it together, which then becomes the thing that people do.
2: Yes, yeah. Because yeah. like my my running story from Saturday, if mm. I just. Gone, gone said to the 10 year old I'm not going to use his name uh, let's go for a walk and have a conversation <laughs> it would have been be like what what are you doing but we were running together we were part running together that's what we do and it was just totally natural and normal and so we had a conversation we just tried to force that conversation
0: yes and I suppose the challenge is we do need to be quite intentional about it so mm-hmm. so I'm thinking of a situation where there's um, somebody from my church who lives quite nearby and the other, the other day we went for a walk at lunchtime because we both recognised we were working at home and actually um, it's good for us to get out. And actually at the end of the walk, we both sort of said, it'd be quite good to do this. Should we do this regularly? Should we just once a week, you know, commit to going for a walk? Now, there'll be points when, you know, Ellen will be saying things that will influence me. There'll be points, I think, when when I'll influence her. And actually when we were out walking, we then met somebody that she knew and had a lovely conversation that might lead to something else in terms of kind of connection, community connection. But you do need an intentionality about that. Mm-hmm because mm-hmm. otherwise i you know well personally I would be just sitting in my sitting in my room or going for a walk on my own yeah but actually to say oh I'm doing something I'll invite somebody else into exactly yes. yeah can, yeah
1: can I say just from my point of view is it's really encouraging to hear the two of you talk like this because on the outside I kind of think I really struggle with this stuff and Fiona and Jen are real naturals and yet to hear both of you talk about it is it's really encouraging actually because it mm-hmm. makes it more doable
2: yeah. And, and I'm a, I'm an intro, I'm a hu, hu, introverted extrovert And I'm like a huge 70% of me is like introverted I just totally just I'll just do this myself mm-hmm. uh-huh. I, I, ha, I have to think Oh no it, and, and when I spend time with people It's very very good for me And I enjoy it um,
0: So I have to choose to do it Total aside I'm taking us down another rabbit hole But I saw a meme at lunchtime That said um, <laughs> Myers-Briggs is like astrology For people who enjoy LinkedIn <laughs> <laughs> It's made me chuckle. <laughs> Anyhow, right. So we've got this group of people. Um, I did read. I think it was in uh, Tom Wright. He was talking about the fact that actually these guys do also represent different areas mm. and different churches that Paul has has established. So it's it's almost a sort of. I'm going to use the word conclave. Is that the word I mean? <laughs> of 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 church leaders actually here here around this journey. Does that make sense. An yeah, yeah. international yeah, committee. Yeah, an international committee off on a <laughs> off on a trip. Not a quite trip.
2: international, but.
0: No, international I, I, for the time. Yes,
2: yep.
1: intertribal. Yes, exactly.
0: Intertribal, <laughs> yeah. So there was a little bit of yeah that as well. That different people. So they, sorry, just to yes. say, so they weren't mm. naturally people who would have Hanging hung out, out. together,
2: mm. correct? Because that's what correct. we often do, isn't
0: it? Yes, it wasn't just a bunch of the guys from Ephesus who came yeah, along. Yeah. for the ride. Uh huh. Yeah, They're exactly.
1: all from different places, apart from exactly. Ar- Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica. And yes. Then, yeah, they must have had a little chat together and then Tychicus and Trophimus from Asia but Asia's huge
2: and these aren't biblical names that have been picked up by contemporary parents are they?
1: No no. I've told you my story about my friend who goes to a well-known Christian festival and and has a laugh to himself at mealtime in the camp when all the parents start shouting their children you know, Caleb, John Mark (laughs) Melchior (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why are these bo- why are these all boys? Because you've pretty much got <laughs> Rebecca, Ruth, Yeah, Hannah so
1: I couldn't think Yeah, that's Maybe. right I couldn't think of kind of Biblical girls' names That were really strange
2: But could, do you I think Biblical girls' names Are more part of our yeah. Western, cult, Western culture? Ah, oh, yes yeah, They've been more integrated for yes, a Yes, I time. think they have yeah.
0: yeah, very good Anyway, so here we are in uh, Troas And here's one for the uh, expectant parents Eutychus is a teenager in the youth group and he is sitting on the windowsill. Uh, now there's a few things we can extrapolate, aren't there, mm-hmm. from this meeting. So the fact that it's happening in the evening suggests that it's after the day's work is done. People are gathering. Um work? I like mm-hmm. the detail. Yes. Yeah, so they start meeting.
2: started meeting Because so, they started meeting. sorry for it. They started meeting on the first day of the week, which meant it was so a work meeting day. on the Sabbath they'd broken away from Yeah. Yeah. Another religious day. Yeah.
1: This this is the first time in the Bible that's mentioned, I think, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Although presumably in day. this culture yeah. there wouldn't be the um, prevalence of a Jewish Sabbath to the same extent. Would there no, have been a day off no. in Greek culture? Julie Moody, if you know about that. I don't
1: think so. <laughs> 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 so I'm down to say that. The, the high church liturgist she could Julie contact Moody. us, let us
0: know. That's quite interesting to think about, Those. So yes, they were meeting on the first day of the week, which would, yes, as you say, be a working day. In the evening. I like the detail about the lamps. Because you kind of got that sense. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I wondered if, uh-huh. yeah, wondered if uh-huh. that made you sleepy as well, all the smoke. smoky and oily. And Paul is talking on and on, says Luke.
1: On and on. Yeah, yeah.
0: And
2: just as you said, from at the start, that cause is in the youth group, but the big thing is he's not in the youth group. Everybody's all together. So this is quite often used as a, an example of how the early church was intergenerational, which it was. They were all together. Uh-huh. And, and actually probably, I don't know why I think this, was was he a slave? Some I read that somewhere. I know, I'd have to dig into that again. I don't know why we maybe thought he was a slave, um, but he'd been working during the day. Um, so it's used as an example of the early church was intergenerational, but it's not a very good example, is it? Because Paul goes on and on and on and on, and he falls asleep and he falls out the window. I mean, it's really—it's <laughs> not really how we want to. There's our no apology
1: be. for that. There's nobody saying, and "Oh, Paul felt I mean, really bad." There's
0: no risk assessment. No, he carries on.
1: <laughs> I was about to say. What are people doing sitting next to these three story windows?
0: <laughs> it's a simpler time, Neil. It was
2: a simpler time. The more I read the story of Eutychus, yeah. I really don't know what to make of it. Um and I remember when, again, back to my early days of youth ministry, there was actually a, a thing called the Youth uh, the Uticus. The Eutychus Project or something. It was like a whole whole event about Uticus. We did a weekend away about it. I need to look back on that and what we actually did. I don't think we didn't jump out of any windows. But it's a story, you know, it's a story of someone talking so much mm. that a young person falls asleep. And and then I always think, mm-hmm. what if he hadn't been resurrected? It would have been a completely different story. And then I always want to hear from Eutychus. I, I wish mm-hmm. I wish Luke had spoken to Eutychus and said, you know, why did you fall asleep? What was it like being dead? It's always a good question. And, um, you know, what are you doing mm-hmm. now? Did, did, did Eutychus carry on? Or did this put him mm-hmm. off for life? He was like, I'm never going back. Never going back to church. Or did he have an encounter with Jesus through the, the whole dying and being resurrected? And then there's the link with, you know, Paul puts put his arms around him. Throw, he throws himself on him. It's a bit like Elijah and Elisha, two stories with them and kings about with a, a young a young boy bringing them back to life by mm-hmm. physically lying on top of them. I, I just... Creates so many questions for me, this story, and I'm not really sure what to take away from it.
0: That's good. That's so I'm good. glad I'm here
2: talking he's about it. He's definitely
0: dead, isn't he? It, seem, it seems to be clear that he actually does die. Well, that. the language it's not, it's not a used. Sort of, yeah. yeah. You know, he's actually just brought back to consciousness or something. It's, n-
2: it's not ambiguous in any way, the language used, he is dead. It's
0: interesting the number of young people who are brought back to the from the dead, isn't it? I'm just thinking about um, Jairus' daughter. Anyway, I'm just going to go off on a track of mm. that. Maybe there's something in that. Maybe that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, the yeah, the widow's son,
1: isn't it? They're all young. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. Not not I, Lazarus, I'm, maybe.
0: I, I've been speaking about Martha and yeah. Mary a bit recently and, and I'm very intrigued by Lazarus within that household. Lazarus never speaks.
1: Hmm. Maybe yeah. Lazarus
0: couldn't speak. And and you
2: wonder Eutychus. No, he was picked no. up dead. Doesn't say who picked him up. Was it his parents? Whereas when you think about the Elijah and Alicia story when they were with these women. I think I don't think both of the women, but one of the women had particularly asked Alicia mm-hmm. to pray for her to have a child. So there's there's a sort of significance about this specialness of this son. But the the other widow as well, she was with Elijah. She, it was just her and her son that was all that was left, wasn't it? And so it's this kind of significance of the person.
0: But no, well, but this boy is clearly part of the community though, because in verse twelve, the people took the mm. young man home alive and were greatly comforted you know there's a kind of sense of everybody around this young man yeah
2: it, none of them are saying oh, who was that boy that fell out the window which you actually wonder in our churches sometimes <laughs> you know with with younger people older people as well you know would, would we all have known yes. you know who was that yeah. boy sitting in the window but they know
1: well might have, they might have said a young man that was yes, sitting that's in the true, window that, yes, that's all they that's would have right. said they wouldn't have known he was Uticus. Yeah. I'm always struck by the fact that Paul seems to carry on almost, now where was I? You know, he's, he's he's gone, he's he's resuscitated the boy. It's an interesting phrase, by the way, for his life is in him, which reminds me of Jesus saying, don't weep because she's still asleep or she's only sleeping or something. It seems something like that. But then he just carries on, he breaks bread and he carries on talking. This was the second bit, by the way, which rebuked me because it was, uh, you know, Paul's not that worried about, his preaching needing to fit neatly into 20 minutes.
2: No, but he did eat. That's that's good. They were, all, they were all a bit sleepy. He didn't stop. We don't tend to do that, do we? We've been talking for quite a long time. Let's have something to eat.
1: Well, I read that as being the the communion service bit because they met to eat break, break bread in verse 7 and then after he had broken bread and eaten, he continued. So I thought that was the, you know, we I haven't had say. the communion bit yet.
0: But they were eating. Yeah, I think yeah. That's it, I'm assuming the Breaking boy came bread. back upstairs. Yeah. I mean, for supper, right?
1: Oh well, it says meanwhile they had taken the boy away. Oh,
0: what version are you? What version are you in? I'm in the NIV. Well, that wasn't in that. my version. That wasn't in you my version. In a version. super special version.
1: Oh right, right, yeah. Ah. I'm in the New Standard. So it says meanwhile the people had taken him version. away.
2: Ah, that's interesting.
1: That's what it says. Yeah.
2: And I, I do feel I'm maybe focusing on my problems of this passage and not focusing <laughs> on the miraculous.
0: But we always and we always assume it was because Paul was going on and on. I mean, obviously he is going on and on. But you know, it's a warm room. He's worked yeah. hard all day. There's a kind of oily fragrance of the room. He's looking yeah. at the bread, yeah. thinking, "When are we going to get to the breaking of the bread?" But you know, there are other factors at play. Maybe and, Paul and was Paul... and maybe he thought, "I don't want to leave because this is so good. I'm going to sit by the window because at least that might keep yeah, me awake." Yeah. But I'm yeah. so yeah. wanted to hear what it says. You know? Yeah, and 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 it is. There's part of it is
2: that God breaks in. To the, it's a difficult one, isn't it? God breaks into the everyday tragedy, doesn't it? God because these things happen, but then the our, our other problem with the story is that God doesn't always do that, which
1: we always we always come up against.
0: Well, and that yes, and I think your point at the beginning is valid, Jen. You know what? What? How would this story have read had he not brought him back from the dead?
1: I'm still so I'm I'm struck by somebody spoke to me yesterday before I went in, and he to because yesterday was a Sunday, so I was preaching. And they said, um, don't be too long now. And I was a joke. Uh, and then I, I noticed to my horror I had 10 points in my sermon. Um, and I felt I had to rush through them. And I don't know, it's just a different attitude to, to preaching. Um, I remember the Chinese church, they used to send a message to the Western church. They used to send preachers out. They said, only send people that can speak for more than an hour. So there's that hunger, mm. and we see this later on when he talks about encouraging all the churches. He encourages them with the words. You know, people are immersed in Scripture here and they're not worried about boredom thresholds in a way that we can become overly anxious about.
0: I mean, I think I agree with you, but I suppose I'm just presenting a different argument. Is there not something about about the cultural context, whatever that might be? So we are living in a context of yeah, very yeah, short attention.
1: Yeah, um, but it's the loss, I think. So I, I'm always struck by the fact that Paul writes First Corinthians probably to a congregation that he was with for 18 months, and it's full of very, very subtle biblical allusions to um, the the story of Exodus. Now, some of some of that might have been picked up by Jewish audiences anyway, but you can't help but think that there was a level of biblical immersion in his new Gentile converts, which we would never get anywhere near within 18 months
2: yeah but are we do we say and some people would that preaching is the only way to do that Mm. and so these passages in acts show us that we should all be preaching for hours
1: oh yeah some people definitely do say that
2: yeah Yeah. it's elevated to the only way to engage with the bible
1: yeah 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 and and you could say that was the culture because you know rhetoric and and speaking was very very important in greek culture Mm -hmm. and in jewish culture but yeah in our culture there's all sorts of other ways and i know for a fact i mean we all do that whenever people learn far more in small groups most often i think don't they than mm-hmm. um, being preached at quotes at
2: but some people mm-hmm. do it is mm-hmm. beneficial for some people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we can't well I, I wouldn't want to say that it's the only way yeah yeah but
0: i think that's it's a huge debate and it's still very alive isn't it I'm not sure that even on the basis of the, the verses we've talked about so far, which is twelve verses, I'm not sure that Paul would say the primary the, the only means of communication is through preaching. Because surely the fact that he brings these guys along mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. verse four, there's surely discipleship happening there. So there's a there's a multi multi strand approach to Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's doing it. But also in verse eleven he says he conversed with them till dawn. So that that's not preaching, that's conversation.
2: Yes. Yes, I mean, we're making assumptions maybe about what he was doing for all these hours. And he'd, and also, he he wasn't so... He, he didn't just let someone else go out and pray for the boy. He was right there. You know, he was totally involved in the community and it was a special occasion. He was about to go and there was things yeah. that had to be said.
0: So let me move us on. We, we move on. Paul moves on. The, the group moves on. Um, It says, we went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, but... Uh, Paul goes by foot. Again, I think I got this from Tom Wright. It might have been John Stott. I did read both. <laughs> um, there's a there's some suggestion that potentially Paul lingers behind to to kind of see that everything is all right after the, the Eutychus
1: incident.
2: Interesting, yeah. Spent mm-hmm. some time with Eutychus, went for a run with him.
1: <laughs> yeah, <maybe he laughs> did some a rehab, run. did his rehab. Oh, I don't know. Do you, not, do you not think, though, that's a bit over an anxiety to defend Paul, <laughs> that people are a bit worried
0: I don't know. No, it's just a suggestion that that's maybe why why he lingered behind. I don't know, but he maybe also just wanted the space and the you know the Mm -hmm. time to walk and be on his own. So maybe maybe again, having you know, we've had that discussion about taking people with us on things. There is also a time and a place for for actively choosing not to be with lots of other people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I have this image, though, of everyone going, right, Paul, we've got your tickets booked. We've got the 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 sail, the ship's about to go. We're looking forward to being with you. Nah, I think I'll walk.
0: <laughs>
1: walk. Feels feels <laughs> very Paul. Exactly. You know?
0: Yeah, I think I've done enough talking for a while. <laughs> On you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, the question arises, as it does with somewhere like Damascus, has anybody been to Mytilene? Mytilene, yes, Mitalin?
1: yes. Anna and I went there uh, when we went to Lesbos in 2002 and we went to Mittellini. So, yeah, it's the only place in the Bible I've been to. Yeah, yeah. At all? Yeah, you've not have. been to Rome? No, I haven't been to Rome.
0: You've, been to,
1: you've not been to this No, are time. we going to, is this a, uh, you're going to go through. <laughs>
0: yeah, are we just going to sit and go through lots of places? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I have not been to Babylon. Be... <laughs> no, I have not <laughs> been to Egypt. <laughs>
0: It's just slightly surprising. That's all. Um, yeah. So you have any, any comment on it? I
1: really liked it. Lovely fishing and village. And it, okay, so the, I did get the thing that people talk about where they you go, oh, Paul was here. I did like that feeling.
0: Ah, oh, that's good. That's good. Very good. Well, anyway, we'll pass over it now and move <laughs> on. Um, and we find ourselves in Miletus So that's in verse seventeen. I I have increasingly just grown to love this this passage about the Ephesian elders. We kind of gather, there's something deeply emotional about the whole encounter on the beach. And I think there's a sense, I think because we know so much about Ephesus, because we have the book, the letter of the Ephesians, we also hear about Ephesus in Revelation. So we have a, a sense of actually how this is going to play out. Can I just Ephesian comment
1: Church. on the link with the letter? I I, yeah. I actually think this, this is one of the passages that confirms to me that Ephesians was probably a circular letter. There, There is some evidence for that. But... Um, Ephesians as a letter is is quite, I'm going to be careful here, it's, it, it's not immersed in specific situations in the way that, for example, 1 Corinthians is. Right, so and Philippe, there's a couple of points where the writer, Paul, clearly doesn't know his audience, because he'll say things like, um, a, assuming that you have heard about my testimony. Now, he, he never would say that to these Ephesians here. So it, it, it suggests to me that.
0: But he does talk about things like you know from the first day I've no, praying. that's
1: in um, a in Colossians, yeah, yeah. I, that's yeah, I think it, my there's lots yeah.
2: of bits in it that, that resonate with lots of different epistles. I, I suppose that's my feeling it, it, it feels like an epistle, but I, you, you, they're from all over the place.
1: Yeah, no, he he does get more. So he talks about the blood of his own son in a uh, verse twenty-eight, and in the speeches and acts, he doesn't normally talk about the atonement quite so explicitly. So that's a, a good example, I think, of him having it. A...
0: So, so, sorry, hang on. So, so Jen,
2: you're saying, though, that the letter to the Ephesians. No, not ju- not just the Ephesians. I, th- I think that what he's saying here to the Ephesian people sounds like many of his letters. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it, yeah.
1: Sorry, and then I was picking up on that to say that blood of his own son is an example of a kind of thing that Paul talks a lot about in his letters, but less so in his speeches. So I was kind of using mm-hmm. that to...
2: And I think I think it's the only recorded bit in Acts of Paul talking to Christians. These other speeches are all to people he's evangelizing. Really, I found I found some of it about why is it so apologetic? Like what, what
0: about the about, about the everything?
2: Thing. Like I'm going to struggle to find it now. But um um, he, he's kind of he's kind of making like excusing himself or trying to prove mm-hmm. that he, he hadn't got things wrong i'm innocent of the blood of any of you yeah, that, that's you
1: a, that's a line i don't i jar, that's the line that jars me through i really love it like you although there's a there's a different reason that i feel slightly rebuked by it because it's um a bit like his traveling crew it it feels like there's a depth and intensity of ministry here that you know i i might have to say yeah i spent my time with you, most of the time on email, but I did get to see you once or twice. You know, I worry that that's my legacy. But I, yeah, I jar with that. Therefore, I declare to you this day, I'm not responsible for the blood of any of you. That's, I don't know. Hmm.
0: But isn't isn't could that not be interpreted as a as a I suppose a warning of what might? Yeah, lie ahead? it
1: definitely goes that way, doesn't it?
0: You know, it's quite clear, isn't it? This is not an easy path. So it's you know, it's almost it's almost that. um that that talk, you know, if somebody comes and wants to become a Christian, it's almost that kind of like, well, you need to weigh up and really consider this before you make make that decision. Now, I appreciate he's talking here to, to Christians, but is it, is it almost like, I'm going to lay it out. This is not going to be an easy... It's not an easy thing you have decided to do by, by be, being a But there's a also the here. stuff
2: about, I've not coveted any st- silver or gold or clothing. You know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and these are my companions. It's like... Is there, a, is there another side to this conversation we're not hearing? That there was mm. there had been mm-hmm. criticism of him that he was after their money or something? That's what it, what it sounds like.
1: Ah, no, mm-hmm. there is that in... um. So you did get these Greek travelling preachers who used to... The philosophers who used to go round from place to place and they did charge money. And Paul always made a great play of the fact that he wasn't like that. He wasn't one of these charlatans who... I don't know. Was kind of at it, so that might be in the back of his head there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Fiona,
0: is there not something about that within the, within this the, Lech- the yeah, Thessalonians The yeah, as well, is, isn't yeah. there something about that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fiona, can I pick up? I'm just I'm just making sure I get my epistles right because <laughs> I've already got my wrong.
1: Can I pick up on your point <laughs> about warning people? It's going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I think that's right. He says, you know, um, keep watch over yourselves, over the flock. He he definitely uses sheepfold imagery at this point. Who's mm-hmm. the shepherd? Which is unlike him. Yeah, that's true, actually. He doesn't use that very often, does he? I got
0: that, I got that from the oh, as well. That wasn't easy. <laughs> <you did> <laughs> and then savage
1: savage will. So it feels like we're slightly in John chapter 10 here. I am the good shepherd territory. Yeah. But he also says, um, that, that line I don't like, I, I declare from you the whole purpose that I'm not responsible for your blood. I was talking with someone before I came here about creating dependency in youth work because uh, they were saying, you know, and maybe it's a, I don't want that codependency thing now. It's it's now down to you. I've done my bit. It's it's over to you now, I
2: think. Yeah, it really is a good yeah. guy. It's very, mm. And that's why they're so emotional at the end, isn't it? Maybe, mm. you know, they, they, they he kneels down with them and they weep and they embrace and they kiss. Um and they're not gonna see him again. It's like, it's like handing on. I'm not gonna do this with you anymore. It's this is finished.
1: Yeah.
0: And and I think this whole this whole chapter actually has has I think one of the reasons I've grown to like it is I think sometimes I can be a little bit um slow to warm towards Paul. So so we have this view of Paul as being quite driven and quite harsh in some ways, is often the way he's portrayed. That's not what we read in in this chapter this is not a harsh individual and the fact that it says what grieved them most was the statement that they would never see him again never see his face yeah i
2: wrote right across the top of of where i was taking notes there's so much love for paul in this section and and we're going to find in the next chapter as well um I i know we're not doing 21 but the first few words are after we had torn ourselves away from them it's a really difficult goodbye and there's so much, there's a real, it's just a real meaningful relationship there. There's a lot, it's, lo, it's a loving community. It's the church. That's how it should be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and there is something of the cost of mission and the cost of ministry, isn't there, in that? Because maybe, maybe within them, there would be a little bit that would think, oh, maybe I'll just go and settle in Ephesus and build, mm. make tents.
1: It, it makes me think as well, though, that the, the level that people are prepared to give themselves to each other, it takes me to a couple of things. One is um, at the end of my time in India, on my last day, and I was really torn because I was really homesick. Like I really missed Scotland and I was really desperate to get home um, and see folks back here. I think the language thing, I just really missed being around people who spoke the same culture. But um, the the night before I left, Jacob, who had been my great kind of companion through all of that, he came and the the there was... Where we are in the dorm that I was in, there was a spare bed, and I remember him weeping on the bed the the night before I left because he was so sad about me going i mean I just thought what a compliment and but I also felt bad because i I was looking forward to going home and then I remember we got to the airport the next day, and a bunch of folk that we got to know quite well, a bit like that group that Jacob had actually formed. And actually, recently we've just started our own WhatsApp group after all these years. But they all came to the airport, and the the guy, the security guard, said on the the journey into departures, he said, um, "Oh, good news! The flight's delayed, and um, you can stay with your friends for another hour." And I was like,
0: "No, just let me through. Yeah, this. I need to go through. Yeah, uh-huh. um, and, uh-huh. and life
1: so,
2: is life is just full of goodbyes,
1: isn't <laughs> it?
2: So you know, that's what I'm thinking. You're like." life is a huge part of life that we're constantly saying goodbye to people. Thing things that end yes. that we we we'd not expect, and I don't just mean death. Death is the final goodbye, and there's too many of them as well. But we're always saying goodbye. I remember when I used to lead Eshy holidays, and my and Andrew and Fiona and my children would come with me to the event, and for them the sadness in them when we got back home because they'd left behind this community. Yes. Um was huge and it's like a wee it's like a wee picture isn't it and and this story we're reading in, in acts is a wee picture of, of what life is made up of all these goodbyes but we have mm-hmm. a hope don't we that um with jesus in eternity there is there is no of those none of those goodbyes
0: yeah yeah and i guess it it, it points to the longing isn't doesn't it yeah Within and paul's
1: prepared to long There there's something about you grieve more because you've loved more. Now sometimes that's used as a cliche to to, to talk to people going through grief, and I, I think there's sometimes difficulties with how it's used. But Paul is really prepared to go all in with folk, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. reading a, a book about Julian of Norwich at the moment, and um, the mystic, medieval mystic, and he it's an imagining of her life, and it I I had forgotten this. It, the she'd had several visions. Of God very often God caring for the world and at the end of her visions she was told the explanation of every single one of your visions is love love is always the explanation of everything and even I don't know if the word love is used here I I don't remember seeing it but in a sense the explanation of everything here is love Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. and he, Mm -hmm. he he's trying really really hard to say goodbye well and I'm not it's it's really really hard to say goodbye well because at the end of the t- end of it, it there comes a point when you have to say goodbye like you're actually you know like, because my children are grown up now and uh, you know they've, they've, they go well Andrew particularly has gone all over the place and so you have to say goodbye a lot and there always comes that moment when you just have to say well bye then
0: <laughs> mm.
2: no you can do all the hanging on and the embracing and the but you just it's it comes a, it's like your story Neil the Indian, Indian story you just have the point you just have to say bye
0: uh-huh, I'm off. And that, yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> we are uh, reaching the end of our time. <laughs> Bye then. <laughs> uh, I have one more question and then I want your takeaways. Uh, my question is, uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Where does Jesus say that? It's not in the Gospels. Is... No, it's um, not, is it? So is that just one of those things that, you know, he said so much more and did so much more than we have space to write?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, in red letter Bibles, it does appear in red letters. Um, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: well, that's what made me think about it, actually, because I happened to, I was reading the, Nas- the, not the National, the, the, what's it called, the NLT, New Living Translation this morning, and was looking at it, and it, it was in red. I thought, oh! yeah, Because not yeah, everything is recorded, that it feels... is true. Mm-hmm. Not everything's recorded. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. More's the pity. Now, uh what is your takeaway from I've just today? been
2: thinking in the last few minutes of our conversation that saying goodbye well means that you have to you have to be preparing for that for for the whole relationship.
1: Oh Because
2: <laughs> so you, you always have your relationship should should always be helping to make that goodbye better so making sure being present in the relationships and using your time well with people maybe that maybe that's how you say goodbye better and i think that's evident in paul's goodbye here that it was really hard but the relationship was so deep and real and embedded in their relationship with jesus that he was able to do it i don't know if that makes much sense but that's that's my takeaway and, and I think I have to I have to read a bit read this passage again I think and look at what he's saying to think about that. Uh
0: huh. Uh-huh. Thank you, Neil.
1: Um, partly wants to take away Jen's um takeaway because it's so <laughs> profound. Uh, also just it was really encouraged to. There's something about I I felt reading this that my ministry doesn't meet up to what's in this passage but talking to the two of you was just encouraging so thanks
0: oh that's good <laughs> I thought say, talking to the two of you made me think not that bad after all
1: <laughs> no no it was that you're both really good but it's seeing how hard you have to work at it
0: ah nice well my takeaway is i'm going to go and read the book of <laughs> ephesians because clearly my uh, epistle reading is not up to date because i got um got confused but what said what? But I actually genuinely would like to go and read Ephesians um, after the conversation we've had, and just think about that as a as a wider letter, as well as as well as I'm sure it was for the people of Ephesus. Yeah, no, well. it's a
1: circular. So but clearly that's why it's yeah, the name so the place. Yeah, so Ephesus is included Sorry. in a bunch of other names. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Look. So that's my takeaway. Uh, thank you both very much. Now, Jen what's the gen what's the gen trying to what's keep up with gen? reports trends research target? findings what's and the latest thoughts no time to read or research? listen to all that what's valuable content look no further what's the, what's the gen will keep you up to date in touch and on the ball what's the gen your guide to current thinking a uh, youth for christ i've done
2: three pieces of research i think since 2016 um and the more, most recent one was in 2020 um and they spoke to 1,001 young people across the UK um, in this most recent piece of research. Only 7% in Scotland, which is a bit, a bit disappointing in a way because you can't really sort of mm. extrapolate the Scottish statistics from it, but that's okay. It's still good work. Thank you very much, YFC. Um, it's 11 to 18-year-olds, and they were looking at three things around their sort of spirituality, so their spiritual awareness, what they thought of the character of God, and prayer and experience, and also the influence, who influences them in their spiritual life. So a quick, it's, it's got a lot of stuff in this, so a quick fire. Please go and read it. It'll be in the show notes. Um, so over only over half believed, of this cohort of young people, believed in supernatural, as supernatural being, greater than themselves, uh, but more believed that that was ghosts or spirits than actually believed it was God. I think 68% said... Uh, it was some kind of ghost or spirit, 63%. It was God. They could take more than one box. That's why the numbers don't add up, which I wondered about. Um, now, interesting 63% of them knew a Christian person, and 51% of them had said that the influence of that Christian friend had changed their thoughts in God. And so to stop there and give a we a wee think for well, what does this mean for us in, in the Christian church, we need to encourage Christian young people that what they do and say and how they live their lives influences their friends because that's quite a high percentage of people who were saying that it did. Um, Unfortunately, church, 62% had a really, no, yes, 62%, it had some kind of church contact in the past, but only 8% had a positive opinion of that church experience, which is quite a challenge.
0: Um, Sorry, say that again. 62% had had a contact and 8% 8 of them had had been positive. Of the
1: 62%, 8% of the 62%. Is that why you're so concerned about Eutychus?
0: (laughs)
2: No connection. (laughs) Um, And the character of God was the next section. Um, And the big struggle for this age group in this research was, how can there be a God when so many bad things happen? Now, we know that's not just pertinent to young people. Um, And if they could ask God a question, the top question would be about that. Um, So really, you know with young people we're spending time with, how are we helping them understand their negative experiences, the painful narrative that they live within? How do we help them get to know a loving God within that? True for all ages. And then in prayer and experience, um, the next biggest question about God was that was lack of evidence. Um, but those who did pray, um, 48% of them said they felt they'd been changed or their prayers had been answered. So I think... Prayer is really important, even if people can be who don't have a church connection. How how are we helping young people experience that? And then just to leave you with this of all the key influences, like fa- family, friends, teachers, other people in their lives, 55% it was it was fa- 55% of them said that family was the biggest influence on their spiritual connection with God or whatever their spiritual experience was. Now that could be negative or positive, obviously. But if if you're a, if you're a parent or a carer, you really matter. We've said this before, in how mm-hmm. young people are going to respond to God. Um, so this one of the summaries was that faith isn't really on their agenda. This cohort that they researched, but they are looking for something bigger and greater than themselves. And I think I'll just leave it in that.
0: And sorry, I have questions. Did they do the research themselves, or did they? I think it's was YFC it? research. I I yeah. And so so are those young people, young people that YFC would have had contact I'm with. I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. Shall I stop asking <laughs> you
2: questions? <laughs> if you follow the show notes, you can read it for yourself and find out that
0: detail. <laughs> that sounds really helpful, Jen. I appreciate you it's, are not here to speak for all these It sounds
1: like they're saying that's the that's the average group of UK young people. Yeah, I don't that... I
0: don't think it But I would question why there's only seven Scottish young people in that then. Yes. Because that's not proportional. Yeah, would, I, anyway. I could
2: dig into that and bring it back for next time because that's my job, isn't it? Yeah. And these are important questions and it's, it's not always easy to bring all the information, but yes. No, indeed. And, and you've done an excellent
0: job and you, you do do an excellent job with what's the
2: job. <laughs> well, hopefully it gives you a wee flavour <laughs> and if you want to dig deeper, you can go and find out more.
0: Well, it lets and you it go and search just it gives out, does yeah, yeah, just... I, I should work more on that with
2: whatever yeah. situation you're in. Yes.
0: Yes, and I think it's quite interesting to set that cohort against some of this, the research that's coming out about that slightly older generation, and and a, a more general move in the population. Mm. I think towards coming back towards spiritual things. Anyway, and, and well, we don't is, have the time and to and discuss for this that age group Time is, you know, that was twenty twenty, so you know, the youngest okay, ones yes, of them are now right.
2: in, what sixteen, seventeen, and the oldest ones are now in the early twenties. Okay.
0: Yeah. Interesting, okay Right, well thank you very much And uh, do go and seek that research out Next time uh, we will be reading Acts chapter 21 verse 1 Through to verse 35 of chapter 23 So big old chunk next time The journey continues In fact the journey continues apace I would say uh, So join us next time uh, Don't forget to check those links in the show notes And we'll speak to you next time The Outspoken Bible is a podcast from Scottish Bible Society To find ways you can share the Bible, go to scottishbiblesociety.org.